Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to episode 45 of the Bash Mania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash, here today with another Olympic hopeful. And I guess it's time to start calling them 2021 Olympic hopefuls with the news breaking this week that the Olympics are officially postponed to 2021. Today, Olympic hopeful Jack Mueller from UVA joins the show to talk about his faith, his college career, the cancellation of NCAAs, what's next for Jack, and so much more. Before we roll the intro and get into that conversation, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. This podcast podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found and i plan on continuing to bring the best wrestlers in the country on the show and guys if you enjoy this podcast there are a ton of different ways to support it from leaving a five-star rating review on apple podcast to snagging up some bashmania apparel on bashmania.com all right let's roll the intro it's bashmania let me tell you something brother he gave us everything he had in him tonight what you gonna do? What Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh yeah. We are here with Jack Mueller. How are you, man? Doing all right. All things considered, how about you? I'm doing good, man. How's your quarantine going? I feel like it's such like a stupid question, but I'm so curious what everybody's <laughs> doing. <laughs> um, so right after we found out NCAA's was canceled, my parents were like, "Hey, we have nothing to do. Um, we're gonna—they're giving us like money back or whatever. Let's go to the Outer Banks and uh, yeah. we'll rent a house, and you can bring like a bunch of your teammates." So I had a bunch of my guys come up here. Oh, that's for awesome. a week, and then. And then it got worse, and they were like, we'll stay another week. So it's like me, my parents, and my girlfriend right now. That's nice, though. And you still got classes, and you're still actively doing a lot of stuff for uh, for school, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're still in school, and I mean, I have a group project to do right after this. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exciting stuff. Well, listen, let, let's kind of dive into a bit of your wrestling career. You know, as I was doing a deep dive on you this week after we were talking, I realized your brother played collegiate rugby. You had another brother who wrestled in North Carolina and another brother who played collegiate golf. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So, so what led you to wrestling? Like your family obviously has some genetics that you guys are athletic. What led you specifically <laughs> to wrestling? My first memories are uh, me as a child with my, my brother who went to UNC to wrestle, Keegan. He would like stand me up as soon as I could stand up on the car, but he'd double leg me, pick me back up, <laughs> double leg me. And so like that's like that's where it started. I just it was one of my first memories and fell in love with the sport right away. And then when you were getting better younger, like you obviously got really good as a wrestler, what were you doing to constantly kind of level up? Um, well, my coaching staff as a as a kid was pretty awesome. I had a great situation down in Texas. So uh, Kenny Monday was there. 
Um, and so me and Kennedy were training partners and that's another one of my first memories after every practice, me and Kennedy were like three or four years old and everyone would get around in a circle and we'd like go takedowns in front of everyone. It was hilarious. Um, so Olympic gold and then, um, the drive was just too far. And so I eventually went to this club called Dallas Dynamite, which was started by Brandon Slay, another Olympic gold. And then Jamil Kelly took over after that. Olympic silver. Wow. And then all this time, Kendall Cross had been like in and out of Texas. And so he'd been like personally training me. And then he was actually my high school coach. So another Olympic gold. So I had three Olympic gold medals and an Olympic silver that uh, helped me level up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. And then what was yeah. the road from Texas to, to Virginia? Well, um, I mean, I was at Fila Cadets one year and uh coach garland just told some people that i knew that he was really interested he loved my top game and he was one of the first people to reach out to me and so i went on an unofficial went on an official and just realized that he was an awesome person and just really would make me enjoy life and just be a great mentor to me and then it was like i mean wrestling i love wrestling it's easy to do it's just everything else that's hard right yeah yeah and then, you know, when kind of talking about Virginia and even your high school career and, and youth career, you've had an interesting career already from, you know, some crazy March upsets to runner up finishes at both NCAAs, ACCs. Um, I believe you were fifth at U23s, cadet and junior national champ. And, you know, before we get too far into your career on the wrestling side, you know, as a Christian myself, and a fan of wrestling, it's cool how much intersection there is there between wrestling and faith. And you mentioned guys like Brandon Slay you've been around, and he was just on the podcast, and that's what we were talking about this week, listening to that. Like, What role has your faith played in your career? Oh, it's been everything. So um, it's very intertwined with my wrestling. I think when I'm really faithful and kind of focused on the word, it's like wrestling is It's not hard. It's, yep. it's something I love to do, and then I'll, I'll – lean over to idolizing wrestling as soon as I make the NCAA finals, for example, or when I knocked off Joey Dance. It was like, man, I'm on top of the world. Like, I can do anything. Sure enough, I injure my ankle, or I lose in the ACC finals the next year. Uh, I think that there's a lot of, like, interesting... Like, I don't want to feel, like, self-centered or anything, but I think that that God really is like, Jack, you're you're idolizing wrestling too much. You need to take a step back, and He'll be quick to, to uh, fall comes before or whatever you know you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, pride comes before the fall. Pride comes totally. before the fall. I sorry, I brain farted there. <laughs> no worries. I think that's a that's big in my life for sure. And and I'm imagining too like that that kind of helped you through some of those tough times of losses or maybe a runner up finish that you know I don't want to get into NCAA's yet. Kind of have that in my notes for in a little bit, but. You know, when you have these roller coasters like this sport is, you have these highs, these lows. Is I'm assuming your faith is kind of front and center. What's helped you to get over tough losses, especially even early on? I feel like in college, it's it's a bit of a different perspective because if you you end up in the finals with a guy like Spencer Lee, I don't think you take the loss as hard as maybe a high school loss. Or there's a little bit more of a respect for your opponent because the talent pool gets bigger and bigger. But you know, like through high school battling with with different losses and adversity has your faith played into that 
yeah, so there's like a few moments I would say defines my my faith. And uh, for one, um, my brother died uh, going into sophomore year of high school, and he was 23. And uh, that really just was like, wow, life is life's too short, you know? Right. Like yep. he's only 23 years old. And so that really like kickstarted my faith and I kind of was starting to accept it as my own, but like not really. Like I was yeah. still too interested too interested in wrestling. I really have idolized it for, for my entire life. Like it was one of my first memories. I felt yeah. like it was what I was meant to do, my purpose or whatever. Something tri- like trivial like that. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, whenever I truly accepted Christianity as my, my, my own, it was uh, – I went into like a big depression after I beat Joey Dance, but in the third period, there's 10 seconds left. If you go back and watch that match, I stand up, he pulls me back, my ankle pops. And it was a high ankle sprain and I like couldn't move. And so I wrestled Lezak in the semis and it was like, I couldn't move and I was just so upset. The next day I just made weight and forfeited out. And then I was like, wow, I really could have won this, but like why did wrestling let me down? Like, why did this happen? Right. Why, why, why? And so for the next year, I'd say it was like super depression, trying to like find value in wrestling, but I was still losing, got third at Vegas, um, lost in the finals of the ACCs again in a heartbreaker, and then lost in the round of 12. And as soon as I lost in the round of 12, I was like, you know what? This wrestling stuff is not everything. It's not everything. I can control what I can control, but in the end, like, there's something greater. And uh, my two best friends, uh, or two of my best friends, uh, their names are San Martino and J.I.L.O., our 97-pounder, who is seated seventh this year at NCAAs, um, are big Christians, and they really helped me. uh, They just motivated me to be better, uh, iron sharpens iron sort of thing. And then we have a mentor named Kelly Scott who runs AIA at Virginia, and I mean, I just looked up to them a lot and started like reading my Bible for a reason and and going to church for a reason. And honestly, Sundays used to be my least favorite days because it was the day before Monday and I would always get like anxious about it. And then it it came to be that Sunday was my favorite day because it was a Sabbath. It was a day of worship. It was it was all about Christ. And it was something we take Sundays off and I I could just focus on Jesus. And after that, it was like. Losing in the finals to Spencer wasn't the end of the world. Losing in the ACC finals to a guy that was young and and talented, yeah. it wasn't that bad. You know, it was just a wrestling match. And in the end, it, the losses made me hungrier for the sport. But um, I know my purpose, and uh, and that's that's Jesus. And do you think that that's what plays into some of the you, know, you mentioned beating Joey Dance last year you beat Rivera when he was the one seed you've had some incredible March matches do you think that's why you've been able to wrestle so good under pressure because you're kind of letting go like I remember when, when I had Nolf on the podcast he was telling me um, you know before his matches NCAAs he said he lifted his life up to the Lord and whatever his will is was going to be done and it helped him to wrestle freer would you say that's part of why you're able to wrestle like that in March where you have such big matches and such big moments? Absolutely. I think uh, there's a few parts to it. So I've always – I've been a fan of wrestling since I was three. My first NCAAs was 04, I think. Um, and then I went every single year 
um, until this year. So I was yeah. I was on a pretty good roll. I was going to be one of those old guys in the stands. Whenever, I think they're uh, going to have to omit this year. Like I've gone every year since like 15. <laughs> I'm not going to say I didn't go in 2020. I went every year since 2015. I was supposed to go, right? <laughs> right. <Does that> count? <laughs> um, yeah. And then, I mean, my coaching staff played a huge role too. So um, when I was younger, like Kendall would be like, you know what, Jack? I think you should get fourth this tournament. I think you should get fourth. Because it was like he could see my face like tighten up because I'm such a competitor. And I was like, I'm ready to freaking rip this guy's face off. And like if I lose, like it's going to be the end of the world. And he was like, dude, the sun's going to rise again. Just go get fourth. Just go have fun. And then um, Trent and Travis have been like such a game changer in my wrestling too. Um, They're Christians as well. But Travis – was such a turd. Uh, the night before ACC's my junior year, he goes, Jack, give me a hug. And I was like, no, get away from me. Like, I'm cutting so much weight, just I want to go to bed. Yeah. And he was like, no, give me a hug. And he, like, grabbed me and hugged me, and I was pissed. I was, like, shoving him, like, <laughs> scratching him, whatever I could do to get him off me. And then I'm on the mat, first round of ACC's, and I'm warming up, and I'm, like, serious. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get my first ACC title. It's been, like, gnawing at me for years. And yeah. He's like, hey, Jack, come here. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's let's go listen to what he has to say. And he grabs me and hugs me <laughs> on the mat while I'm in a segment. And I was like, I like started laughing right there while I was about to get on the mat. And so just having, you know, they put it into perspective. Those yeah. guys do. It's just, if I wrestle and wrestle freely, like what I tell myself before matches is spar. Go out and spar. You love the sport. You know that you have a bigger purpose. You know that. At the end of the day, you've already won, right? So Garland yeah. always says, you've already won, Jack, so go win. Yeah, and like, meaning that, yeah, I'm already, I'm already a follower of Christ. I'm already, I've already put my life into him. Like, yeah, all the important stuff is, is there, you know? I wouldn't say done. I almost yeah, did, I but I, I obviously want to live a faithful life. Um so, oh, you already won. So go win. I think that's a, a great motto to live by, which he teaches all of us. And you mentioned the ACC, and definitely, like, more than ever lately, the ACC is just elevating to another level. What are your thoughts on, on really the rise of the, the competition of the ACC? I think uh, a big reason is uh, when they started doing the allocations, yeah. Um, based on the RPI, coaches pull, whatever. Um, the ACC only had 13 bids before they did that. It was the champ and then three wild cards. Yep. Now they have 35, 36. And it's uh, my weight when I was at 133, all six guys made it. So it was like there was no point of wrestling the ACC tournament because it right. was just like everyone was already in. So I think part of it is that it's easier to get in the NCAAs. Yeah. Um, and I think the coaching has gotten awesome. Yeah. Um, you look at look at the guys around there. Like UNC's coaching staff is is sweet. Um, I mean, we have two world team members and and Trent and Travis and NC State has done a great job. Virginia Tech, um, Pitt, even Duke, even Duke with no scholarships gets guys like uh, Jacob Casper and the Fine Silvers, and yeah. and they can they can compete. Um, you know, I've always been a huge fan of the ACC just because of my brother. And so uh, it's really cool to see. It's kind of like a, a family in there. We all want each other to win. 
and I'm curious too. Like I know, I think it was last year after NCAA semis, you said that you kind of weren't getting the respect you thought you maybe deserved or earned. And I'm curious, like, and I think you said something along the lines of part of it being because your schedule, your schedule isn't as tough as some others, and you thought maybe that's why um, you don't get some of the respect you deserve. Did you think about that when you were going on these visits? Like, does that come into play at all? I'm just curious from a standpoint of, like, you know, I I can't imagine. I didn't go to college. I went to a local community college for, like, one month. So let alone, you know, a, a big school. I'm just curious on the perspective of, like, the scheduling and how that, and obviously it's been changing so much, even during your career, it's, it's changing so much. Was that a thought like competition wise, schedule wise, all that when you were making the decision to go to Virginia? No, not at all. I mean, this year we went to Vegas and Midlands. Yeah. Like can't get much better than that. Right. Um, uh, my junior year, I didn't, I didn't start wrestling until t- end of December, two days before Christmas. Yeah. So it was like, I mean, it was my fault for sure, but I feel like some people in the wrestling community, like, you go to Flow Instagram and they're like, who's going to win 125? And everyone's saying, like, Rivera, uh, Bresser, Spencer, Pitch. No one's saying me. And it's just like, how do y'all, like, do y'all just not know that I, I've done some pretty good things? Like, y'all right. are just going to sweep me under the rug real quick. And I think that was happening a lot this year, too. Like, I know Spencer was killing everyone. He was having yeah. a great season, but, like, I've been thinking about this guy for an entire year, yeah. you know, like you can't count that out when I'm going to bed and the last person that I think of is Spencer Lee and I wake up and the first thing person I think of is Spencer Lee, like it, it gets to you, it gets to you. And I was going to go out there and give, throw in the kitchen sink right away. Yeah. And what do you, you know, speaking of NCAA is like, that's obviously NCAA is being canceled. The Olympics being postponed is, is such a hot topic right now. And I, I just put out an article this morning about, you know, Olympic postponement storylines. And last week I put one out about NCAAs being canceled. And one of the storylines I wrote about and was thinking about is it's easy to say, okay, hey, Spencer's not going to get a shot at being a four-timer. It's easy to think of some of, like, the favorites. One of the things I think that's not talked about as much is the guys who, like yourself, have incredible tournaments and show up in March. Who would have been the big upset? Who would have been the guy that somebody maybe swept under the rug and counted out? What when when NCAA's gets canceled? Like, what's your initial reaction to that? It there was like not really an initial reaction. The first thing I thought was, let's go eat. <laughs> right. Um. But you know, it was like, all right, God has a plan. Like. I'm going to give this up to you because I have no idea what's going on. Like, I'm going to do whatever I can to stay faithful. And uh, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go eat. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) go hang out with my buddies that, you know, I haven't really been able to hang out with just because I've been so mission oriented. Um, I think it was about three days after where me and my my friend, the 97-pounder Jay, um, were like, wow, I think it's I think it's actually hitting me that we're not going to be able to go to NCAAs this year. Um, and we just, like, sat there and just, like, in complete silence. And we just looked at each other and we're like, well, I'm going to do it. Like, he, I'm a senior, he's a junior, and I think, especially with Colin Moore out, it's like, He's got a really good shot to win it. Yep. Um, 
I was like, I'm gonna do whatever I can to help you right now. Um, let's go, let's go make each other better. Go, we went and worked out and started getting back on on track for the next year. You know, if NCAA gave it to you, would you take another year of eligibility? Absolutely, but yeah. I told Garland I'm not going 25. <laughs> go up to 33. 33. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I was like, hey. <laughs> I was like. I was with Trent and Coach, and I was like, hey, if I get another year, I'm not going 25. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helps our guys, too, just because, uh, I mean, Louis Hayes is, is a bully, and right now he's a little small for 33. Yep. When he's at 25, he's a freaking jerk, and <laughs> just because he's gotten so much weight, and then and his wrestling is way, way better. And I know you're still processing so much, and it's funny because every day I think of something different. Um, weren't you, if I remember this correctly, weren't you originally going to take an Olympic red shirt or a regular red shirt after you 23s? Yes. So I was on track to take it. Do you think about that at all? Like, should I've done this? Should I've done that? Like it's, I've been thinking about this morning from an Olympic red shirt standpoint here, all these guys took Olympic red shirts this year. And now I'm sure they don't really regret it because there was no NCAA championships, but at the same time, they obviously want to take an Olympic red shirt. Now the Olympics are going to be next year. Like, have you given that thought? Like, should I have done this different? Should I have done that? Well, I mean, if I if I took a red shirt last year, I wouldn't be an NCAA finalist, and I would have still lost this year. Yeah. I don't regret anything um, about my career. I love the place that I went to. I love the way that I competed. I love the way that I trained. And I love the way that I I found God in, in my hardest time of life. Um, I regret nothing. And... Uh, you know, it sucks that the coronavirus happened, and but I could be in a much worse situation. Totally. I could have a loved one have the coronavirus, or thankfully everyone's safe. Um, I mean, there's so many worse things that could happen than me losing the NCAA championships. Um, you know, in my heart, it goes out to the guys that, that maybe don't realize that and are in the same place I was three years ago where I idolized wrestling and then they get hit with this. Yeah. That's, that's where my prayers go. Yeah, man, it, it's tough. I, I constantly talk about that on this podcast, like the difference of having a proper perspective and a mindset. And that's why I try to talk about it so much and have so many of you guys on that have not only had success, but also like, it, it's funny. I was thinking about it after the Brandon Slay episode, I've had three Olympic gold medalists on this podcast. All three love Jesus. All three have that proper perspective of where where winning falls on the on the value of life and, and the priority. And I, I think more of these youth wrestlers and parents who preach the importance of winning um, to kind of get that proper perspective and, and not and, and hear from somebody like yourself where you can still value winning and you can still have a good career and you can still show up for those big moments, but you don't have to idolize it. Yeah. I think it, I think it makes like winning a little bit better too. Sure. Like, um, I don't know. It just, there's no, wow, I, I did it. Yeah. What do I do now? Like, it just makes it sweeter. I think I think Coach Slay talked about that. Yep. Like um, he won, and then he got to go be with his family, yep. and he just loved being with his family. And 
or he lost and he got to go be with his family and he got to go be with God. And I think that that was a really cool perspective. And, um, I think that's how it is with me for sure. And and how does your perspective change or your, your mindset? Cause I I know a lot of wrestlers will, will kind of readjust and refocus after an event. And for the last couple of years, you've had a lot of different events. Like you, you went to U23s in 18. You went to, you know, you've obviously the NCAA tournament, ACC tournament, all that. Uh, but like even beat the streets, like, first of all, you showed up at beat the streets. I mean, you teched Piccinini in what was it, like the first period, wasn't it? Like that yeah. was quick. Um, what is it like re kind of resetting your focus after all these events and not getting lost? Cause I know there's also every year after, or every Olympic game, you have a lot of athletes that come out and say how depressed they are because they do value winning and they do value the spotlight. But then after, if they don't reset their perspective or their focus, like you have an event like Beat the Streets. You come out, you have an amazing match, you tech Piccinini 10 nothing, um, spotlight's on, and then it's kind of back to work, right? Like how, how do you constantly reset your focus with events like that? Um... You know, I don't really think of the big picture a lot. So I'm never like, all right, NCAAs is however many days away. Let's go get it. It's more like, okay, what can I do today? Sure. Um, so like after ACCs, I was like charging at the guy because I just wanted to score. Yeah. And like that was like, give me points. Rah. And then it was like you dive in on my legs and finish because that's where he's good when he's in tight on a leg. Well, most yeah. people are. Um, and so it was like, okay, how do I get better here? How do I, how do I figure this out? Now, this year was a little different in the fact that, uh, I was pretty focused on Spencer. Yeah. And so it would be like, all right, I'm going to go cut weight. What am I going to do? I'm going to watch a match with Spencer's while I'm on the elliptical or I'm running sprints or whatever it may be. Um, but I think like after an event like NCAAs, where the season's over, it's like one to two weeks off the mat. Just stay hungry. Um, and then as soon as I get back, it's like, wow, like you're on fire. Yeah. Um, I know the summer after uh, high school, going into college, um, I finished uh, a really, really hard summer of training at UVA. And Coach Lean came up to me because he was our assistant at the time. Um my first year, he goes, okay, I don't want you to, I don't want you to train. I don't want you to think about training. I don't want you to do anything. I want you to go home and I want you to go rest because you've been training like a maniac and you need to go rest. And so I rested for like two or three weeks, came back and was still like in really, really good shape and really, really on fire. Um, and so it's just like, it just depends on the next event. So beat the streets, I'm done for a little bit and I was it was like a little bit of a block of training take a week off and yeah. come back um I think I'm such a mat junkie that it will be like a week off here a week off there really helps me yeah because I'm so I itch for it so much after yeah totally and I think too that I know for me with business I, I'm kind of the same way when you talked a little bit ago about not liking Sundays you know that's how I used to get to a degree especially before i got married where it's like i didn't want the downtime i wanted to work i always felt like there was something i could be doing on the business side of things whether it's sales whether it's projects whether it's marketing or whatever it might be 
I always felt like it was good to to rest, and, and I'm learning that now more than ever. And hearing a lot of you guys say that too kind of reinforces the importance of rest. And we definitely live in a society that doesn't rest. But so now moving forward, you're you're done with college. Um, Post collegiately, what what are your plans now? Uh, here, one thing before before we move on, yeah. uh, Kindle Kindle used to tell me rest is training too. Yep. Rest is training too, and that's always stuck with me. Yeah, it is. I I saw there was like a meme or something that I I always forget. I wish I took a screenshot of it. It was along the lines of if if you're not resting and giving position and place to God to work while you rest, then you're striving and you're trying to do too much. Because there's something to be said about what God's doing when you're not doing something. When you're taking a day to just kind of rest and relax and let God work things out, it's almost like you're taking it into your own hands. When I saw that, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I need to sometimes rest and just let God do his thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So my plans for this upcoming year, I guess, are I'm going to open up my ideas to different RTCs, um, try to visit places, but this crazy stuff that's happening and it's making it hard. Yeah. So it's kind of pushing my timetable back because I would have liked to have been like settled down in May right after I'm done graduating so I can get on the mat with whoever my right. new or old coach may be. Um, so I'm thinking of a bunch of different places, uh, just kind of listening, waiting seeing what's the best fit for my, my faith, my, my competitive nature, um, someone that's going to get me exposed to, to great international wrestling. I want to do this Olympic cycle and I want to, if I'm going to do it, like I'm going to do it a hundred percent. I'm not going to, I eventually want to get into coaching, but I don't want to be like a coach on the side too, if that makes sense. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody about that yesterday. I forgot who, but it's not, I feel like for everybody, it's so different. Some guys want to be an assistant coach right out of the gate. Some guys want, like, Burroughs tried it. He tried it in Nebraska for a year, and I think he made half the season. He's like, yeah, I'm just, I want to focus 100% on training. It's too much. So for now, like, you guys don't know what's even next. Like, what's your, what's your perspective right now on, on even training? Like, are you just in that season of rest, kind of waiting? Like, we don't, we obviously know the Olympics are postponed to next year. Outside of that, like, we don't know anything. And I was just talking to um, Seth Gross about it last night. Like, when was the last time you had this much potential time off? For most guys, they've never had, like, forced downtime for this long. Like, what's your perspective on training and and moving forward in that regard? I think it could be a great time to learn stuff uh, video-wise because I just – I've analyzed video – Millions of time with uh, with Kendall especially, and yep. he's just helped me throughout the years. Um, and so now I, I know what to do and move the move the tables aside and practice my moves on my big buddy uh, Jay or Sam or you know just go old school with it because I I'm not going to be able to take this much time off depending on <laughs> how much uh, how much we get. This morning I ran like three miles like. So I'm just going to start getting back in the swing of things. And um, we have a bunch of weights in our car uh, when I drive back uh, after this. I'm going to drive back to Charlottesville from North Carolina. We're just going to lift in the parking lot <laughs> Just, just do whatever we can. 
Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I mean, me and my wife got a Peloton bike, and we have a rower downstairs. And between that and asking people for like good circuit workouts, like, all right, row 400 meters and then do 30 squats. Row 400 meters and then do 30 burpees. Like, but it, but it's definitely like for me. I, I'm just trying to elevate my heart rate. For you guys trying to stay in, in an Olympic shape, like you're trying to be an Olympic gold medalist, that's <laughs> that's a bit different than me just trying to elevate my heart rate and not get fat. <laughs> I think I think it's not like staying in 100% shape for sure. I think it's just like staying in good enough shape where you can go get back on the mat yeah. tomorrow or the next week and, and be able to go a little bit. Um, I mean, we have a year. Yeah. Like, I don't even know when last chance is, but 2021 is so far away. Yeah. There's a potential. If the schedule holds out, there's a potential they don't have the last chance till next March. Which yeah, would just be exactly. wild. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's – I don't even – like, are they going to have international tournaments on top of that? Like, I, I could not be competing for a, a year potentially. That's like right now, and I'm assuming they're they're working on it, but it's like there's so many different possibilities. A lot like could there be a 2020 World Championships? I doubt it. But in theory, they announced it in 2016. They were doing the non-Olympic weights in May. Did the tournament in December. I don't think that's going to happen from a logistics standpoint and training, and it'd be hard to have a world championships and then have the Olympics in July, but you never know still. that That's part of the uncertainty right now. Like, are they going to have the Schultz? Are they going to have the Open? Like, are they going to have that stuff? Like, what is it's, it's not. It's still so fresh, but none of that's all that's to be decided yet. It's never happened before. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And then. On top of that, like on the collegiate level, like if they give all the eligibility back, it's all that money they have to figure out that they've lost. And right. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's always a little bit of hope. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I don't think it's going to happen either for, for winter athletes. Obviously, I do for, for spring athletes. I think they'll get that eligibility back for winter. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it happening, but I mean, we'll know soon because I think I heard they're voting on it on Monday. Yeah. I actually talked to a coach yesterday who said there are ADs on, like, that board, yeah. I guess, some big board on the NCAA, and they said that they might not even give spring sports their eligibility wow. back. really? Because they're just going to lose so much money. Wow. Yeah, it would make sense. Would, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like, our the only thing that matters in our season is the NCAA championship. Right. You can totally not do the whole four months leading up to the uh, conference and NCAAs. Right, totally. And that's why when I said, like, from an Olympic redshirt standpoint, it's not like anybody's going to regret taking one because there's no Olympics because there was no NCAAs. If we had the NCAA championships and then there was no Olympics, you know, it's still, I guess you're not really giving up the year of eligibility because you're, you're going to have another one. But you kind of almost taking the Olympic redshirt was an advantage because now you still get another NCAAs. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, it worked out pretty well. I don't think like uh, like I think Yanni will be fine. Yeah. Doing NCAA's and Olympic trials, like he's right. already is he's already qualified, and so. Yeah. I mean, what NCAA's will happen, and then he'll have two or three weeks, just like how some of us were gonna be, and yeah. I mean. It's it's definitely gonna be a blessing for those guys, just that they didn't they didn't miss out. Yeah, and, and miss a year. And there's so many different things. Like, 
I mean, not to get too spiritual, but there are so many things, even talking to different Christians, like what God's doing through this whole coronavirus thing, which is whether it's shutting down certain aspects of sin, whether it's kind of forcing people to pause, whether it's guys who were banged up and injured are now going to get a chance to heal up and compete, and they weren't mm-hmm. going to. Like, there, There's so many good things that I think are coming out of this. It's just a wild time of uncertainty that we're not really used to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I think one thing that's been great is just being able to have more time in the morning to, to get in the word and, uh, you know, uh, catch up with old friends that I haven't really talked to in forever, um, high school buddies and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, there's definitely some good that's come from it and I'm happy for it. For sure. Happy for the downtown. Yeah, me too. Well, listen, man, I know you got to get to work on that group project here soon. So I'm going to let you go get ready for that. I'm thankful awesome. for, for stopping by and taking a, a few minutes this morning to be on the podcast. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Sounds great. You have a good one. You too, man. See ya. And that is it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, let me know. Send me a message. Email me. Leave a five-star rating review on Apple whatever you want to do. But thank you for listening and tune in next time. See ya. And the beat goes on.